You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. So, Al, uh, as we like to get started with with everyone on the guest, for people that don't know you, uh, how did you get involved in baseball? Um. I mean, well, it started out for me, it started as a bit of a joke between a, a mate of mine when we were playing five-a-side. Uh, I think we kind of realised that uh, we'd long since passed our prime in football and kind of looking at new sports to get involved in. And uh, I'd recently watched Moneyball uh, and he too recently seen it as well. And we kind of, you know, looked around and it was, yeah, let's go and take a, a crack at this and, I think it was a week later, we both went down to, to Long Eaton Storm. Um, and that was well, nearly six years ago now. So I think that was, yeah, I think, I mean, just seeing Moneyball, to be honest, it was, I think it was the same for a lot of people in British baseball who uh, introduced the sport over the last decade. They kind of saw that film and it was kind of like uh, the romance of the game really kind of brought, brought me into it. That's interesting because a lot of people that started off early on in British baseball, it tended to be the Channel 5 with uh, Johnny and Josh Chetwin that was their introduction to it. So that's that's quite cool that, that it's a movie that sort of sparked your, your interest in it. What, what was it about the film then that, that made you want to play? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've always been one for the underdog. Um, so kind of seeing the, the impossible story of, of the A's doing that, that winning streak and uh yeah it's just I don't know just kind of really enjoyed it um so um but yeah again it was just thinking about you know I want to keep playing sport I want to keep playing team sports really enjoy them um and yeah just finding out that you know there was a team local to us as well uh in Long Eaton I just yeah jumped at the chance to get down there that's really interesting so have you had any of your own impossible stories in your baseball career so far? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think I think the the kind of the first season at Newcastle has to be classified that as a little bit. Um, I think when I joined the the club um, in, in at the end of the summer in in 2018, uh, I think we were entered into the league uh, and in the following season. And I think on that opening day, we played Hull, who were double A at the time and I think we fielded maybe three players who had any kind of league baseball experience before uh, so to go on that that the, the the run we did that season and to, to go and win the playoffs ultimately was was yeah it was it was quite the achievement That's brilliant what was the mood in the camp at the start of the season before then did you have any sort of expectations or hopes I, I always go back to the AGM uh, and sitting there with uh, with Adam uh, and Stu Taylor, and we set our aspiration uh, for the season to field a team in every game. Um, I said we didn't care if we won or lost. Our, our kind of main goal for the season was to just field a team, and, and that was very much actually taking inspiration for what was happening in, in Manchester this season. Before I think uh, it might have been the Bees team who lost every single game, but you know they. They turned up every single week. They never forfeited. They always fielded like you know several players and stuff like that. And and they just really enjoyed the sport. And that was you know a bit of a yeah an inspiration for us really. Um, 
And I think we had that first whole game and uh, I think we lost it. It was either 11-10 or 12-11 and it was one of the last plays of the game and we actually realised, you know, well, yeah, we we can compete here and, yeah, you know, we just went from there. And how have you made, oh, well, how did Newcastle manage to build on that success? Um, I think any team who played against us that season would probably give testament to just the just the team spirit, you know, uh, the just the absolute camaraderie that existed between that uh, first kind of Newcastle side, the the you know the breakfasts at Weatherby services when we were travelling up and down the the country, and yeah, just just I think it was just a group of people just really enjoying themselves and just playing for the for the fun of it and and you know with that kind of success followed you, you used to play for Long Eaton Storm to start with how did you transition then to playing for Newcastle yeah so I did that first season at Storm I you know new to the game I played probably 50% of the games and you know largely playing out well mostly playing outfield um, and then it was just my partner was uh, looking at going to university to do a master's in the northeast, and you know, obviously, moved with her, and I went looking for baseball up there. Uh, I was on the cusp of, of setting up my my own team. Uh, I was going to playfully call the the Newcastle Browns, um, but uh, and then I just found about uh, you know found out about. Uh, what Stu and Adam had already already really started um, uh, with with the Nighthawks. Um, that team was, I think. Well, I mean, their story goes back to just four people throwing a ball around in a field, uh, and and this kind of dream of turning into a baseball team. And I joined the club just before they played their first ever friendly. Uh, yeah, and I don't know, it's just. From that, it was, yeah, I, I kind of, it really got into into my blood at that point, to be honest. And uh, a lot of the stuff I learned from the guys at Storm, you know, trans, uh, especially considering the, the Storm setup, you know, a lot of ex-Team GB coaches and players there. Um, I had quite a lot of game knowledge instilled in me uh, and I was be able, able to kind of pass that on to Newcastle, who were a very, very new team. Yeah, Michael, the former GB manager, was part of the Long Eaton setup. Yeah, uh, Michael Harold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, definitely Michael, um, Steve Smith, uh, both absolutely brilliant in kind of uh, introducing me to the game and, and, yeah, bringing me on. So what sort of advice did they give you that, like, having a wealth of knowledge of all those uh, XGB coaches, what's the best bit of advice that you received from a coach or from a, one of those players? Um, I, I think the, there's a uh, I, the amount of knowledge that they've instilled in me is is unreal. You know, they are I'm, I just absolutely sponged off them when I've been around them and tried to just take in as much as possible. But I had one 15 minute session with Michael Harold um, talking about base running uh, and just walking around uh, the diamond. Uh, just talking about, you know, paces away from the bag, uh, maintaining lines of sight to the to the pitcher. And yeah, I, I think what 
the information he gave me itself is, you know, probably not particularly technical or anything like that, but just the confidence he instilled in me to, to actually be a very aggressive base runner really comes from that. Interesting. Do you think that's one of your stronger points? I probably would say so, yeah. Uh, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big hitter or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I've kind of adapted my game to be very much about uh, getting on base and running hard. Who's helped you the most along the way? I, I think um, I would have to say uh, probably Mike, Mike Haywood, to be honest, at, at Long Eaton Storm. Uh, in, in any conversation... Uh, about baseball it's difficult not to mention him um you know i joined storm and you know he's the he's the guy behind the scenes of all there and you know doing that was just working with him and you know i pretty much still call him every probably once a week to be honest just to talk about british baseball um so he's always a go-to he's always a great sounding board for me and you know i returned to storm uh briefly after coming back from New, uh, three years in Newcastle uh, last season. I uh, did half a season there uh, before leaving. But yeah, you know, again, just coming back to Storm was uh, again just a big step up and a big challenge. So yeah, just always, always turns Mike. To be honest, is is a is a, probably a good mantra for me. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so uh, for all the the teams that you played for, who have been some of your favourite teammates? Uh, well, uh, I can't not say Stu Taylor. Um, he's probably my best mate in British baseball. Um, I, you know, they're definitely a kind of uh, shout out to the couple of the Dominican lads who have played with up in Newcastle as well. So uh, Jose Santana, um, Steel Paniche, uh, Damien De La Cruz as well. So those guys, I think just uh, because they played baseball at uh, you know, from when they were very young, kind of being exposed to those players was was really good as well. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm at rugby now, uh, and I'm rugby through and through, and like just every single one of those guys, really, for me, um, to see what they started last May, um, and just to yeah, be back with a, a very new team. And just seeing the kind of like passion and the energy they've got for the sport is, you know, really great. And yeah, can't beat it. To be honest. That's interesting. So, how did you get involved with the rugby team? It was it's funny. It was, you know, it comes full circle. It was actually via Newcastle. So, uh, I left Storm last season. I was kind of thinking, what were the next steps really for me uh, in baseball? Uh, I wanted to kind of involved in a club where I felt like I could have like a big impact uh, and it just so happened you know at the, the time I left Storm I was um, you know I was thinking well I could just go and play a couple of games for Newcastle I mean they're in Sheffield every other weekend uh, the way the Northern League is and it's only about an hour away from me um, and they end, and I found out they they were having this friendly against this unknown entity of rugby Warhammers uh, and yeah, just found out about those guys in, in Lincoln and pretty much just got myself straight over there. And yeah, just, you know, been there seven months now and just very much kind of committed to just helping this team along and, you know, bring baseball to uh, a club and an area that's, you know, there's been nothing there for 20 odd years. There's nothing for 30 mile radius or anything like that. 
Um, so yeah, just to get baseball in that area uh, and bring this team along is the absolute goal now. Interesting. So how's rugby taken to, to baseball or vice versa? How's, how's baseball taken to rugby? They said and it's not really much to do within quite a vast region. Has it been difficult to try and get people involved or are, are people really on board with it? Yeah, I think absolutely not. Um, no, I mean, we've got we've got 20 players at the club now, which is, you know, a great level of growth, really, having, you know, only being a year old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's absolutely the interest for, for the teams who exist there. And, you know, we're getting new players uh, all the time joining us. Um, I think what's really, what really endeared me to, to rugby was, you know, beyond that kind of similar energy of what Newcastle had as a startup team, there um, is just the community uh, behind the club. You know, you've got in British baseball, you've got big city teams, Manchester, Liverpool, you know, and all of that. And here you've got this little kind of rural town of, of rugby and all of it. Uh, but what you've got with that is just almost a fan base. Um, you go to a, a rugby home game and there will be 20, 30, 40 people uh, just come in for the day with their deck chairs and sitting and watching the game. And it's wow. just great, great local support. So, so you get quite a lot of local interest? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, loads. Absolutely oh, loads. Where, whereabouts is the, is the part situated in rugby? Is, is it in a, in a location where eyes can get on it? Or are people going out of the way to come and watch? No, it's it's very much in the kind of yeah. Well, I'd say just on the edge of the town centre. Yeah, it's it's just it's quite accessible coming up from from north of Lincoln, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's to be honest, you know, it's it's a private bit of land that's you know the foot the, the local football team uses. Well, they've got a couple of pitches. We've got a, a you know a pitch, but it, it's. It's it's making what we've termed Hammer Park a destination for the local people, really. And I think, you know, we want to get local people involved in it as much as possible. Um, so being in, in British baseball for a good, good few years now, what have been some of your favourite baseball in memories? Um, I think... Uh, it, it's It's... I know, it's the personal things, you know, there's, and you'll have them where you've got a personal achievement. So I, I'm, I hit the most RBIs uh, at Newcastle in that first season, which was pretty cool. And I had this pretty cool kind of diving catch as well. But I think really the, the things that I've really enjoyed in baseball are are the, seeing the successes of other people when I've been involved in coaching, um, uh, seeing players get their first hits, seeing, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we've had a, a guy at, at Newcastle uh, called, called Ranjit Singh, and, you know, he's a, he's a big laddie, you know, former American football player, but just kind of seeing, you know, a, a unit like that, learning to base run and being successful at stealing bases and stuff like that as well was like really cool. So all of the, all of those little things, to be honest, and, you know, joining rugby, I'm, I'm getting to be a part of that and see all of that again now. Um, you know, we've had people playing, I mean, we had a roster of 13 players, at the weekend, 12 players at the weekend. 
And for at least nine of them, that was their first ever league game. You know, so all of these kind of firsts and stuff like that are, are really great. Yeah. Are you, are you a bit gutted that you didn't get into the sport a bit younger? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think, well, so I don't know if I still think the same, but I regret not getting into the sport from a much, much younger age. I wouldn't say a waste of time on football, but I think, I don't know, there's something about baseball that's that's very different to other team sports for me. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of said that, I've well, what I really enjoy about baseball is the inclusivity of it. Um, I think regardless of your kind of your, your gender, your background, um, your body type or anything like that, you know, you, there's a role for you in baseball somewhere. And I think that's really good. Um, so I, I kind of like that element. But I think as well, just the, the temperament of the game is quite, quite interesting as well. It's a much kind of slower paced thing. I think it teaches you to be fairly philosophical um the amount of times i've seen teams come back from nowhere teams blow games um you know how many how many sports do you really have where you know a batting average of you know 30 percent is considered good kind of thing so i i quite like that and the game humbles you as well you know you never it never lets you get too too far ahead of yourself you'll always bring you back down to earth yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> have you had any damn experiences then yet that have brought you back down to earth with a bump? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's every time you step into a batter's box, you know, like uh, I think you can have, as I did last weekend, you know, you can be having a good performance across the two games and you get into a, a clutch situation and the pressure starts weighing on you and, well, you don't deliver necessarily what you you think you can. So no, it it, it does keep you keep you right in that way. But I mean, the like, kind of a funny story is always getting getting hit on the head with a ball. Uh, now there'd be probably if James Riley's listening to this, he would probably smile at this one. Um, we had a game for Newcastle. Uh, it was probably in the first season. I in one inning I made this. I would say fairly, fairly difficult diving catch to, you know, uh, pretty good to be honest. And I think people were fairly impressed with that. And then an inning later, uh, what was a fairly routine fly ball, uh, chased it down, slipped a little bit and it hit me on the head. <laughs> so, you know, they, they happen. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. In my first game, I, I caught a ground ball. And then managed to flick it into my own face. I don't even know how I did it, but it's like the first thing that came to me and I saw it coming. I was like, don't mess this up, don't mess this up. Yeah. Got my glove down, scooped it. I was like, yeah, I've got it. And then whack, it's like being chinned by oh. a, a little elf or something. Yeah. I had I had that as well at, at Long Eastern. Uh, I think it was the first game we played Birmingham away. And I was put in for like the last couple of innings. And fly ball came away and I caught it. And then I threw it straight to second. We got we got two outs and it was like, oh, wow, I can do this game. And then a week later, um, Steve Smith put some confidence in me, rightly or wrongly, put me in left field against uh, North Ants at home. And I had two routine fly balls uh, straight at me and I dropped them both. 
So, and I, I've never forgotten that game, to be honest. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think dropping the easy ones is stuff of nightmares. Been there, didn't like we played Sheffield Blade Runners last season and we were in the jam trying to get out of an inning and the pitcher got the ball over the plate and twice the ball came to me and I dropped them both and I just, it was in my head then, couldn't get out of it. How did you manage to get yourself back into a positive mindset then after that? Um, and honestly, I think I just had good people around me, you know, like um, they they didn't let me dwell on it too much. I think I was just told, I, I probably had my head down a little bit and I was just told to get back out there. And yeah, uh, I mean, I, I didn't have anything particularly, I had nothing to catch come my way probably for the rest of the game, but, you know, I probably stopped a couple of doubles happening with some stops and, you know, he just, it was probably, yeah, just kind of the likes of Steve and, and Mike and Michael Harold just throwing me back into the game and just saying, crack on. It'll get yeah. better. 2001, we're bringing ourselves up to up to date a bit now. BSUK had you down as the volunteer of the year, which you won for um, you were instrumental in the creation of the Newcastle Nighthawks New Diamond from designing the site to seeking planning permission. You did it all. Your effort and dedication led to Newcastle both breaking, breaking ground and completing their new pitch in less than a year and during a global pandemic. Any way you look at it, it's impressive. Building one field was not enough, though, as I'll move on to assist Wolverhampton and Northampton in their field development plans. His efforts are literally transforming the baseball landscape in the UK. And you beat competition there of Kelly Wright from the Sheffield Bruins, Luke Barton from the Worcester Sorcerers, and Tom Rechester from Telford Baseball. It, it could have been any one of those. How, how did that make you feel winning that achievement? It's, it's very nice to have received an award um, and get get recognition from, from BSUK. Uh, as you say, like you know, the likes of Kelly and Luke and that—they're um, they're big, big names. They've done a lot of good stuff within within our sport. So yeah, uh, I mean, I think I probably get too much credit for trying, well, trying to assist Wolverhampton uh, and Northampton. You know, they, you know, Northampton—they've done their everything under their own steam as well. But um, and equally, you know, with Newcastle. Yeah, I, I did a fair amount of it, but there were other guys as well um, that, you know, James Riley, Jose Santana, Stu Taylor, that, you know, put in some of the hours as well to, to help us build that. Um, it's great to see that, you know, it's it's still being loved after a couple of years and being looked after and being resurfaced recently. So um, I always said, you know, I... I didn't ever think I'd be in Newcastle forever and to just played a bit of a part in kind of helping getting baseball active in that area. Now that that's, that's really cool for me. And, you know, it's, it's what we're doing at rugby right now. You know, we've, we've just received uh, 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 the um, facilities fund award from, uh, from BSUK. Uh, yeah. We've got, got, People on site yesterday uh, digging up the pitch, ready to lay the dirt ahead of uh, our first ever home game on the 8th of May. Um, so, you know, our our guy, uh, our groundskeeper, groundskeeper Willie, um, Harry Haddington, sorry, Harry Haddington, um, our pitcher, yeah, he's he's been instrumental in, in kind of, you know, building that pitch there. And, and I, I've kind of been a bit more in the background with this one. 
Um, you know, I, I led on the funding and that, but it's it's very much Harry kind of pushing that one forward uh, and me just, you know, supporting what, with what I can in terms of funding and that. Nice. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in, in the whole project? Uh, at Newcastle or just in general? In in the Newcastle uh, build. And I suppose you can you can apply the same to, to other clubs as well. Uh, do you know what? Like... I'm not going to tell you it's easy, but I think I think a lot more people should should push to get it done. Um, I think we should push to get more, I would say, dedicated facilities uh, across British baseball. Um, I wouldn't say I'm particularly talented in in this area at all or anything like that. I haven't got any specific knowledge. Um, people like Tom Yard, uh, who's been knocking around kind of, Durham for a while uh, he's been really helpful he's a good kind of source of knowledge for kind of mound building and stuff like that um, but yeah just you know I think it was a case of well I'm going to say it if, if you build it they will come kind of thing you know or he will come the, the proper quote but yeah it was just let's just crack on with it and I'm probably a character that might act first and think later a bit when I, I get excited about a project like that. So uh, last last few questions for me, and then I'll hand it over to you. Have you got a specific jersey number that you uh, that you wanted? Um, yeah, uh, I, I never got it, uh, which is oh, no. So, I mean, my childhood hero was Stuart Pearce. Yeah. So, like, I don't think I've ever walked on a football pitch without the number three on my back kind of thing. So when I started playing baseball, I wanted to be the number three and literally every club I went, well, certainly with Storm and Newcastle, that was always taken. Uh, but when I went to Newcastle, I I was really into, you know, I, you know baseball was a big thing for me. Uh, it just became a big thing for me. I was watching the Oakland A's quite a lot and I, I, I quite liked the prospect Dustin Fowler, who wore number 11, uh, and through some miscommunication when I was ordering my jersey, I ended up with the number one. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think uh, we decided that it was just quite funny and an arrogant number. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, the Newcastle actually retired my jersey after I left the club. Uh, oh, wow. As a kind of a thank you. Um, for kind of doing what I did with the pitch and that. They also got me a signed Scott Hatterberg baseball card as well, which was nice. Uh, probably the best present in the world, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, no, those guys kind of retiring that jersey basically meant that I could only ever be number one going forward, really. And, and that's my jersey number now with rugby. You've mentioned throughout the, the, the show that, that baseball is quite quite a big thing for you just how important is baseball to you and how big a part of your life is it um i think my partner would say too big of a part uh, i think you know i think i think there's a lot of people's partners who would say that in british baseball um i think i've kind of just got to i don't know a point with it really where um i can't not be involved in it I can't not be, I think, 
I just enjoy it so much. Um, I would like, I always think, oh, maybe I'll take a step back this season or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just be a player or something like that. But I think I see, I wouldn't say issues in British baseball, but I kind of see where I can be a bit of help. Um, the decision to kind of lead Storm uh, at the end of last season was very much about me thinking what I can do to service the sport and and to get more people playing. Um, so that's kind of the drive for me. I think um, it, it's, you know, I'm very competitive when I'm on the pitch, but I think off the pitch, I, I'm... I do have kind of the wider community in mind and at heart. Um, and I just really want to see this sport grow and thrive, to be honest. And, and you know, I'd love to, you know, just stay involved in the game. And, you know, hopefully, in, you know, there'll be twice as many teams as there are, you know, in five years' time. Hopefully, yeah. I don't think anyone I've ever come across in the sport doesn't want it to grow and, and evolve. It's, yeah, great community. So, last one for me. Uh, who would be in your Mount Rushmore of British baseball people? Okay. That's, wow. I would go, okay, Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to put Mike Haywood in there straight away. Um, him and Jacobo starting uh, Storm, what is probably getting on 10 years ago now, um, and kind of re- recuperating kind of baseball in, in the Midlands in the way that he has uh, is absolutely in there. Uh, I can't not put Stu Taylor in there for, for everything he's done up in Newcastle and, and uh, you know, just making that area what it is now. You know, um, the Spartan team is, you know, it's actually closer to kind of Darlington way and there was a real kind of, void of baseball in the northeast there so getting that club uh, to where we did uh, you know was a real challenge but the way he's maintained that uh, and developed that into two teams as well now is you know I think is is great um, I think you know you can't I think you have to think about the women's game beyond this as well and certainly you know you mentioned her earlier but the efforts of kind of Kelly Wright as well uh, should be should be really in there and yeah I think you know just for just for his service to the game it, it absolutely has to be uh, Michael Harold as well um, he's well I think I, I don't I, I wouldn't dare to say how many years he was involved in it before stepping away uh, last year but um, you know his dedication and uh, you know if you listen back to actually to the, the podcast he did with you you know his his influence is, is very far reaching on 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 the sport we have yeah definitely i, I think it's one of those play uh, well one of those uh, people that would be hard to replace at a club just from knowledge and experience means is in the hall of fame of great british baseball for a reason so it's a tradition for the guests to have the last word on the show so Al, is there any shout-outs or anything you want to add in before we, we part ways? Um, to be honest, yeah, I just I just have to absolutely recognise um, the committee at, at, at Rugby Warhammers. Um, you know, Mitch, Lee, 
Harry and Matt, um, who you know were formative in setting that club up a year ago. Um, I kind of like just parachuted in and around kind of like August time, but um, you know they really got the club moving. They really got the appetite for baseball up in that area. Um, and you know I, I came in and I assumed the GM role, um, but. I, have, I absolutely identify that, you know, everything that's good that's happening in rugby is because of, of what those guys started. Um, we've got a very exciting season ahead of us. Um, you know, we've just come off the back of two losses to Sheffield Cubs who, who dominated the league last year, but, you know, yeah. uh, we, we pushed them really hard. Um, and, you know, we, we had two very closely fought games and on another weekend, we could have been walking away with two wins. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's big props to kind of, you know, Matt Sutton, our coach, who has just really been working to develop our players, not just, you know, fitness, but technique, who's selflessly spent hours going through YouTube videos and trying to, to better his knowledge so he can pass it on. Um, and, and equally, you know, what Harry's been doing with the ground development, what what Lee's been doing uh, in terms of finance and socials and what Mitch has been doing uh, alongside me in kind of team management as well. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's just exciting um, to see, you know, um, see where this team can go. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have um, more teams, you know, in the close vicinity to us. Um, we're already starting to get quite a nice, uh, relationship and rivalry with with Hull and, and kind of Sheffield Cubs who are only just about an hour away from us as well. So yeah, really just excited for the season. And you know, uh, we've got we've got big aspirations for where this club can be. Brilliant, love it. Can't think of a better way to end end the show there. So I think we will. Uh, I'll really appreciate your time and uh, and giving you me your stories. And uh, I'll catch you soon. Thank you.